we welcome you to Metro Praise this morning. Let's stand up on our feet and we're going to sing this song. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Come on, let's start clapping our hands this morning. Let's start making our way up to the altar. Let's make this place a place of praise right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, sing on. Jesus, live to make your name high. 
Let's sing one more time with eyes on high. With eyes on high, praise you and with one voice. We got together. Our one desire is to praise you and lift you. Come on, sing that again with eyes on high. With eyes on high. Come on, we praise you. And with one voice, our one desire, our one desire is to praise you and lift you up. Make your name high, Jesus, and to make your name high, Jesus, you give what the world couldn't offer us. Say, come on, one last time. this morning. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Eyes on high, we praise you and with one voice we come together. Our one desire is to praise you and lift you up in our surrender with eyes on we praise you, and with one voice, we come together. Our one desire is to praise you and lift you up. Come on, say that one more time. With eyes on high, we praise you, and with one voice, we come together. Our one desire is to praise you and lift you up in our surrender. Just right now where you're at, let's just start raising our hands, raising our voice to him this morning. God, our one desire is to praise you. The reason why we came is to lift you up, God. Right now we surrender, God. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender ourselves to you, God. God, because we know that we can't make it happen, God. We can't keep our lives held together. God, it is only in you, God, and through you that we have a life abundantly, God, a life to the full. So God, right now we look to heaven, we look to you this morning, and we lift you up in this place. Come on, right now, wherever you are, in your own words, just say, God, I lift you up. I look to you, Jesus. I surrender to you, God, this morning. Come on, in your own words this morning, church, let's start talking to Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you. We surrender to you, Lord. We give it all to you. Holding back from 
give it all to you, Lord Jesus. I lift up my life to you, Jesus. I belong to you, God. Jesus, we surrender to you, God. Oh, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender. Just tell him that. Say, I surrender to you. I surrender all to you. I surrender.
I want you. I called you. I love you. I love you. He just wrapped me in his arms and he says, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. I believe that. I have faith. Amen. Come on, your love. Sing it out. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. One more time. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Come on, we got time for another testimony. Come on, who wants to share and declare what God has done for them? Come on, run up here if you have a testimony to share about how God's love has carried you through. Come on, somebody, somebody testify. Here, let's stop playing. Come on, come up to the mic. Come on, let's share what God has done. I was broken. I was busted and disgusted. I was that drunk girl at the bar. I was the party girl. I thought God couldn't love me. He couldn't save me. You know, I was just there. I was just in the world. And you know what? He pulled me back. He pulled me back. He pulled me back. And he said, you're important to me. It doesn't matter where you've been or who you've been with or who you used to be because I've called you to be my daughter. I've called you to be the light in this dark world. And he pulled me out and he set me free because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love. Hallelujah. Come on, one more time. On and on it goes. On and on and on and on it goes. It overwhelms and satisfies. It overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I'll never ever have to be your friend. Never runs out on me. 
Somebody say Jesus. Now somebody say Jesus and mean it right now that there's power in that name. Say Jesus. Hallelujah. There's power in your name, God. There's power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do you believe there's power in that name? Hallelujah. There is power in the name. Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, 
break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. All sufficient sacrifice, so freely given, such a us for our redemption, heaven's gates swing wide. Break every chain, 
Break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Hallelujah. Right now we break every chain right now in the spirit. Right now if you're bound up and you're struggling and you're trying to live for Jesus but you can't. The word says that you're bound up by sin but there's freedom in the name of Jesus. So if you feel like you're chained up and you're bound up right now, I want you to just lift up your hands right now to Jesus and say, break every chain in my heart, God. Break every chain, loose every bondage, God, that I have over my life in the name of Jesus. Come on, you and him right now. You know what's keeping you from him. You know what's keeping you from living 100% for him. Come on, we bind every addiction every addiction to music, every addiction to, to any sexual perversion, any addiction to substances. God, we, we claim that freedom in the name of Jesus. Come on, we declare freedom over you this morning in the name of Jesus. Come on, keep those hands raised and say, I am free in the name of Jesus. Come on, say that with your own words, with your own mouth right now. Say, I am free in the name of Jesus. Come on, we believe it when we say it, Lord. Come on, right now, say that one more time. Say, I am free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We believe that, Lord. Come on, just one more time. Say, there's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, just one more time. Sing it out. There is power we believe it, Lord. in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, you sing out this power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, let me see those hands singing out there to Jesus. Power There's power in the name of this Jesus. There's power in your name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. One more time. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, can somebody just shout out and believe that? every chain, Lord. We believe it this morning, Jesus. Come and do your awesome work in our hearts, God. Break every chain. Break every chain. But come on, a couple more moments. Let's keep raising up our voices this morning and call out on Jesus to bring freedom. Freedom in this Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We believe that you're breaking the chain. Break every chain, 
sing it out freedom there is freedom in this place from emotional hang-ups from our past failures from the hopelessness of life depression addictions freedom 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 today God we lift up your name Jesus above every problem we have we put our faith and trust in you and God, we ask you, God, to set us free, God. Set us free from the things we've bound ourselves to so that we can live for you, God. Make us the creation you called us to be, the best fathers and mothers and young people, God. And Lord, when we walk out these doors today after this service, God, let people see that we're walking miracles. Let them want what we have. Let them see that in our lives is a transforming power. That by your spirit, God, you're doing miracles. And that what you've done in us and are doing in us, you can do in them, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you that we are your works of clay, that you're perfecting every day, God. Showing yourself strong in. Would you just hold somebody's hand next to you right now like a family? Because that's what we are. We're just going to ask God to bless our neighbors, our friends, each person here. Come on. God, we ask that you would bless each one of us. Be with our families. As I'm praying, why don't you just pray for your neighbor? Just say, God, bless their family. If that's all you know what to say, just say, God, bless them. Lord, we pray for our communities to change. We pray for the power of God to come to us and through us until all know you, Jesus. Until the knowledge of God covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. That your presence would be with us, oh God. That our families would know you, our extended family, our neighbors, our community, the government, God. That you would have mercy on this nation. That God, your gospel would be preached again, God. That Lord, you would come to the nations of the world. You would be with our suffering brothers and sisters in Muslim Islamic lands, in communist countries, and that, God, your gospel would come with power. Start right here in us. In Jesus' name, in all God's people, said amen. Come on, give them a shout of praise and a hand clap of glory. Woo! Hallelujah! Gloria a Dios! Amen and amen. Slap somebody high five and say God loves you. Come on, slap your other neighbor and say God loves you too. Welcome to Metro Praise. Well, we're praising His name. Come on, you may be seated. How many are excited to be in church today? Amen. I'm so glad that you're here. Man, this is where it's at today. Welcome to our Sunday morning service. Look at your neighbor and just say I love you so very, very much. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, I love you more. Amen. Pastor will get you in trouble. I saw it in first service. Uh, the wife was, you know, said the first thing to her husband. And then when she turned and had to say, I love you more, she said, I ain't doing it. Looked right back at her husband. So I love him more. Okay, we're not here to get you in trouble. Just look at your neighbor and say, thank you for coming. Come on, just, yeah, or just smile awkwardly at each other. We're so glad that you're here. This is our 11 o'clock service. Metro Praise is what we do every Sunday. Praise in his name. Had a great 9 a.m. God is showing up and blowing up. Come on. Woo! 
We got encounter night this Wednesday, which is a prayer meeting for Jesus to encounter the Lord. And then we're doing there for our children. We do Royal Rangers and Impact, which is like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts for Jesus. Everybody go cool. It's because we want our young people doing fun things. And then elevate. Amen. Teenagers, every Friday night, Adam, just run up here and tell us what you got going on. This is our youth pastor, Adam Nieves. Amen. And so with youth, we're excited. We're fun. We meet every Friday, 730. This month, we're having our, our, our Harvest Fest. It's called E-Games. And what we're planning out is just games within the youth, just, just things that make youth want to come out. And we preach the Word of God. It's not we're just all about fun. We like having fun, but we preach the Word of God. So we just want to encourage everyone who's not plugged in to come on out. I see some new youth here. If you're new, this is for you Fridays at 730. Amen. Get your neighbor say, word up. We still say that here. Awesome. So come out Fridays at 730. Uh, we got a vision here, loving God, loving people. Can everybody say love God and love people? Amen. Jesus said these were the greatest commandments. This is what we strive for every day. Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That is our focus. That's our heart. Everybody say, corazón. That is our heart. Amen. And we want everybody to connect. Can somebody say connect? Amen. We want you to plug in. And the way we want you to plug in and connect is to a life group. Is anybody excited about life groups? Amen. Come on. That was a fake one. Give me a real excitement. Yeah, see, that's real right there. We've got seven adult life groups meeting throughout the week and three youth life groups. And what happens at life groups is you meet in the home. It's a home Bible study, not awkward at all. It's tons of fun, lots of free food, fellowship. And then while you're there, you can ask one of the leaders to bring you through our Welcome to Christianity class, which is like the basics of serving God, seven steps of spiritual growth. You can get the book in the back. It's really cool, free online at our website. And you'll begin to connect to God, grow in your faith, and you will begin to see God bless you how many want to be blessed amen you don't want to be cursed come on we want to be blessed and then when you do the connect stage you can go to mentorship and that's where we meet sunday mornings as a sunday school class and we raise up radicals for jesus anybody in the 201 class this morning amen little little golf clap can i i just want you, listen we're going to try this again 201 class i command you to do this i want you to stand up like you're 300 beat your chest and go woo, woo, we're here something crazy okay you guys ready because that was really embarrassing now it's going to get more embarrassing is a 201 class here today yes four people did it the rest of you just clapped but that's okay we don't brainwash you here. We just ask you to do things over and over again until you do it. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, this book is really cool. It will change your life. Sunday mornings is fun. And everybody go, Hyunkin. Now, this is from Street Fighter. This is when you would send the Hyunkin ball of energy. We want to send you out. Everybody go, send. See, we want to send you out with the power of God. You connect to the cross. You get all jacked up on Jesus, man, in a life group. You get roasted and toasted in the Holy Ghost, man. Then we serve you like a well-baked cake, like a little cookie with some milk to the whole world. That's how we go out to the uh, Saturday Adopted Block on Saturdays to the west side. That's why we do youth programs, Saturday Evangelism, Wicker Park. There's all types of good things going on because people are sending out into the world with Jesus. Can everybody go yummy, yummy? To my spiritual tum-tum-tummy. Amen. And we believe if we do this, just having fun today. We believe if we do this, we can win 100,000 disciples and 50 churches here with 500 around the world. If you believe it, say, let's do it. Wow. 
See, I want to get 300 right now. Come on, man. I'm so glad that you guys are here. This is what changes my life every week. And here's some opportunities to bring some friends. Uh, the last Wednesday of the month, everything is about harvest right now. So the last Friday of the month is a big thing. The last Wednesday of the month is a big thing. But this is like for your family right here. Children are going to dress up. You can dress up. My, my man Ish is going to dress up like uh, Scottish. What are you doing? An Irish drum major, so you're going to wear a kilt and all that. Why, I don't know, but he is. And Yes, and then we have uh, maybe somebody wants to be a Smurf. But here's the whole thing. Just don't come as something like scary and crazy and all that. Does everybody kind of pretty much get that? Okay, just, just come and be dressed up. If you want to be dressed up as a young lady who loves Jesus, that's fine. But the whole idea is just come, try to have fun, especially bring your friends and neighbors, okay? If they're going to go to these parties and get drunk, tell them to come here and, and just love on some Jesus. Is Jesus better than those type of parties? Amen. Come on. So it's going to be the last Wednesday of the month. It's going to be a harvest party, free food. It's going to have uh, like a movie in here and games out there. So it's going to be tons of fun. And then for that Sunday, it's Bring a Friend Sunday. So guess what we're going to do on Bring a Friend Sunday? We're going to bring a friend, okay, because this section over here is just lonely. Everybody just look at this section right here and just go, oh. See, that chair is lonely. You're like, nobody knows. See, that chair, that needs to be filled. And you know why we count people? It's because people count. So I want you to, on that Sunday, to bring a friend. If we can all bring a friend, somebody can come to know Jesus. There's going to be a special presentation. It's going to be really simple but powerful. They're going to receive a free gift. And then everybody's going to get free candy. Any adults here like candy? Any people? Come on. I love candy, as you can see right here. Would you all stand up to your feet with me today? That's all on your announcements. Also on the website, I want you to be a part of what we're doing out here. God gives us the opportunity every week to give because he has given to us. This is how Metro Praise is supported by your generous tithes and offerings. I want to thank you for helping us make this church great. We're at two services now, and uh, both of them are about equally this full, which is a little bit more than 60%. And so that means because of you, we're reaching more than uh, 200 people a week, and God is doing great things. The only way we can keep doing that is if you help us. And the Bible says to give a tithe, the 10% of your total income. The reason why we give tithes here is for three reasons. Number one, it breaks the heart of greed. How many ever get excited on payday to go shopping, to go do some new stuff? Okay, you all are like too holy here. Okay, uh, does anybody here not like money? If you don't, you can give it to me, and I'll get happy to spend money. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not greedy, so let's try it again. How many ever get happy on payday to buy stuff? Okay, there we go. Now, you know what we should also be happy for is give day. This is give day. Amen. Woo! You should be like, yippity, skippity, snickerdoodles. I get to give today. Look at your neighbor and say, yippity, skippity. It's give day. <laughs> we just, connection. Give me a little boom, boom. There it is. So yippity, skippity, snickerdoodles, it is give day. And, and it's supposed to be exciting because we're breaking greed off of our lives. So when I get a paycheck and I go, oh, I'm really excited, I get to pay bills and I get to buy some new things, but I also get to give. So that 10% is always in my heart. That's why we do it. The second reason is, is the Bible says we store treasures in heaven. 
He said that you're going to be up there a lot longer than you are down here. So store up treasures. And I don't know how it's going to be in heaven for those that didn't give but made it in. You know, the Bible says they make it in by the skin of their teeth. Have you ever not brushed your teeth and you got that, that little skin up there? So some, the Bible says they're just going to make it in like that. They're going to be in like the shanty of heaven. They're going to have like some broken down TV with the, you know, the rabbit ears with the foil trying to watch the glory cloud. And, 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 and you know, they're going to have the back row seats at the concert of heaven. I don't know how it's going to look but the bible says that there will be a way of reward up there amen i want to be rewarded when i get there so i want to store treasures there invest in what you believe in you're investing 401k social security invest in the kingdom and then the third reason is the bible says we change the world uh, when the 20, 30 kids come here on Saturdays, like yesterday, from the west side, a mostly inner city community, even though you're not there, you're making it happen. You're changing the world. When the youth are going to high schools, handing out free pixie sticks for Jesus. We know how to bribe people here. Come on, like, free pixie stick for Jesus. <laughs> and like, a little pixie stick. And uh, you got to talk like that. you got a little pixie stick. So we give them these little pixie sticks. But you know when we're giving out pixie sticks? Because we love them. You're there handing out free pixie sticks with us. And all of those things can be contributed uh, back to our contributions. So I want to ask you, please, be a tither with us here. And then lastly, offerings, what we offer above that tithe. So God gives us that 90%. You know, we gave that 10% to him. Now 90% is ours. And God says, do with it what you feel is best. We're stewards. And I'm asking people in this church to help steward what we're doing here, to get out of debt and to give to missions. And by doing $25 a month to missions, you can help us with our 200 churches. We have right now 200 churches in five different nations, and these churches are depending on our help. One of our churches in Pakistan, he was threatened. He showed me the letter. I put it on Facebook until he told me to take it down. And they seized their, their, uh, their bank accounts. Uh, the government seized them, and the terrorist organization is threatening to kill them. Very serious. And he said, Pastor, we have no food to eat because we have nothing here. You know, normally our support goes to the church, you know, the building, the materials. All of our books are in their language. They're, they're called by our name. And uh, he said, I don't have any food because they've seized our accounts. We gave him double this month. You know why? Because people are giving offering to missions. And then we ask everyone to give 50 to building because right now paying for everything that we do is about 20000 a month. And as we're growing, we just need people to give extra. Pledge sheets are in the back if you want to do it. Online giving or just giving your best would help. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you've blessed us to be a blessing. Lord, you've started with my wife and three people in a house, and we're here today, so I trust you're going to be faithful. But for those today, those today who may be going through a hardship or hard time, I pray they'll keep their trust and faith in you because, God, you will never disappoint. You are not a man that you should lie. I lift up specifically uh, Pastor Edward today in Pakistan. Uh, God, uh, just give him grace and mercy with their 70 churches and their leaders who are being threatened. We pray that the little bit we shared with them will go a long way, God, to provide for their families. And we also lift up our apostles in Nigeria, Nepal, and also in northern and southern India. God bless them as well. God, we just thank you today that you'll make us a blessing through this economy. We pray that uh, good things will happen even through the government officials, that industry and, and God buying and selling will happen here, Lord, and that you'll bless our companies and our jobs and give us creative ideas, uh, Lord, so that we can be good stewards of it. And God, I thank you for every giver here. Let their family be blessed. 
past and even to their children's uh, and children, third and fourth generation, God. And we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's say what Paul said on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come yippity-skippity-doodles on your way up today? God bless you. Thank you. open up your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we're going to talk about faith today. Can everybody say faith? Amen. We talked about it last week, and I want to encourage you with it this week. I want to review a little bit for those of you who weren't here last week. Faith in the Greek is pistis. Everybody say pistis. Thank you. It means trust in God. So we're talking about how to trust God today, and one of the things I want to uh, qualify faith as being faith is biblical. So this is not just aspiration or hopes. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. So we're not just talking about having a hope today or just aspiring to do things. I want to teach you how to have faith in God that will have miraculous results. I still believe God does miracles. Anybody believe that? Amen. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is. Let's read it together once our brother gets up here. As he's putting it up, I want to encourage you to go back to the website, metropraise.org. Free sermon, download, PDF. When we have the notes are there as well. And guess what? We have an app for our sermons, and you can watch us live. So if you're sick, you can not only watch us live on the computer, you can watch us live from your Apple product. Amen. If you don't have an Apple product, we feel sorry for you, and we'll pray for you those are the best to get. But uh, for those who don't, just go to your computer and just uh, pray for us who are Apple fanatics. There we go. I stalled enough time. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I all want us to read on the count of three. One, two, three. Now faith is, come on, certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. They were commended because of their faith. This is a very simple definition. Now, pistis in the Greek, now trust in God is being sure of what we hope for. Being sure is having a evidence or a substance on the inside of you that says, even though I don't see it, I still believe it. And a certainty of what we do not see. Even though you do not see it coming to pass, you still have a certainty. So it's a sureness and a certainty when you're trusting in God. Now just go down a few verses of chapter 11, and this is review, so I'll be going just a little bit quick. And like I said, you can catch up online if you want to hear last week's message. Now you go to chapter 11, further down, and to verse 6, you see how important faith is to our life. Everybody say faith. Thank you. You see how important it is? And without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Seek him. So can you please God without faith? No. How many times do we hear people say they've lost faith? Doesn't faith come and go in a lot of people's life? Has there been times in your life where you had an increase of faith and a decrease of faith? Can I tell you why faith fluctuates in our lives? Let me just ask you to turn with me to Romans 10, 
17, and I'll tell you why faith fluctuates, goes up and down. A lot of times people say, I've lost my faith, you know. Uh, where do I go back and get it? You can't buy faith at the store for $1.99. Amen? Flocko ain't selling it on the corner in little dime bags. You can't get a dime bag of faith. Anybody checking me out? Got your attention here? You can't buy it at Saks Fifth Avenue, ladies, in the color that matches your, your shoes. Faith only comes according to the Word of God. Look at it. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith, trust in God, comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So remember last week we had like a little rap to this because we put it in the old King James and we made it cool. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Okay, we're going to do this together. So you all just looking at me crazy, okay? One, two, three, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And hearing by, amen. So how does faith come? Hearing the word of God. So when you lose faith, what are you not hearing? There it is. So when somebody says, I'm losing faith, man, I don't know if I can trust God in this situation. What do we have? We don't have a faith problem. We have a word problem. When you're not hearing the word of God, faith cannot come to you. Faith does not come from you trying really hard. I want to get faith. Oh, where is it? No. Or I've lost it. Come back, faith. No, faith comes when I hear the word of God. If I'm losing faith, I'm not hearing the word of God. This is the principle. God gave you a free will. You choose what you pursue. If you want to pursue uh, athletics and become good at sports, you pursue that. So we could say um, good athleticism comes from practicing, and practicing comes from this sport you're playing. So if I want to be good, i got to practice. And when I'm practicing, what am I, what am I practicing? The components of the sport. So can I get good at a sport without practicing? No. Can I know how to practice without knowing the components of that sport? No. So can I have faith without the Word of God? No. Does the Word of God come any other way other than the Bible? No. So it's very simple. You have to understand this. When you and I face difficulties, it's always a word problem, not a faith problem. Because if the Word is coming, faith is coming. Amen? Now get that in your spirit today. If the word is coming, faith is coming. Guess what's coming to you right now? Faith about having faith. And if you're saying, Pastor, I doubt that, you know what I'd like for you to do? I'd like for you to doubt your doubts. So if I say you can have faith today and you say I doubt that, I'd like to say I doubt that. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I believe God could heal me. Well, I doubt it. Well, I doubt that. You see, you need to doubt your doubts. Look at your neighbor and say I doubt it. See, we're doubting doubt today. You think I'm playing with your mind. No, I'm not. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you don't pursue the word of God, faith won't come. And if you keep holding on to your doubts, your doubt is going to suffocate the word of God. I'm going to show you right now, continuing in review. Do me a favor and turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. The word of God cannot return void. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. You cannot hear the word of God and a seed not be planted in you today. It's impossible. It's a spiritual law, and God's spiritual laws are just like the law of gravity. You could say, I don't believe in the law of gravity, and we would ask you to go to this building and wish it to be so, but as you jump off the building, gravity will meet you there. Are you listening? And you can say, you know what, I don't believe in the principle of faith and the word of God. It doesn't matter. It's the divine principle. It happens whether you like it or not. 
I remember I used to go to church with my mom, and I used to be so resistant towards God. But guess what would happen when I would go home? Those words just kept playing around in my mind, in my heart, because the word of God is a seed. It will not return void. And I want you to see your part to play because it doesn't necessarily have to bear fruit. And so quickly looking at the parable, going to Matthew 13, 4, starting 4 for us, good sir. Uh, it says, as he was scattering the seed, uh, there we go, okay, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell among rocky places where it did not have much soil and sprang up quickly because the, so the soil was shallow, verse 6. And when the same sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown. Whoever hears, let him hear. Now let's keep going down. He's going to fulfill the prophecy. I mean, he's, uh, the parable. Keep going down, sir. He's going to tell you what it is. Right here, uh, verse 18. This is what the Word of God is. Everybody say, the Word of God is like a seed. Thank you. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message, how does faith come? By hearing the Word of God. Here it goes. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Has anybody here heard the Word of God? And the devil come and tell you that's a lie, and eventually it becomes something that you don't believe? Or it becomes hard in your heart. You know why? It's because you're not putting your trust in that word. Faith is not going to happen without a cooperative effort. Just hearing the word of God will not make you have faith in God. You have to allow faith to grow in your heart by the element of free will, saying, I believe that. You see, it's an acknowledgement and a releasing of your ideas and thoughts to what God is saying and God's ideas and thoughts. It's a simple transference. It's, it's making a divine connection. You, God's giving you the word. God's giving you the power. You say yes. You give your affirmation. Then God gives you faith. He begins to build up your strength. You begin to confess his promises. Then the blessings begin to flow. It's a continual flow between you and God, a connection. Somebody say a connection. Thank you. So the first one, if you don't hear it, you can't benefit from it. Or, excuse me, if you don't apply it, you can't benefit from it. Number two, the seed falling along the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. And I would like for you uh, to get the video ready for me of uh, the, the gentleman. I want everybody to look up here for me, please. You see, there's a type of person that can hear the word of God and go, man, I believe that. And maybe it's about a situation in your life, and God says, I can get you a job. Trust me, it's not the only drought I've been through. How many know God's been through some droughts, through some depressions? How many know God's always been faithful, though? So you may be going through a time right now lacking some good things. You're calling out to God. He says, I'll provide for you. Then all of a sudden you get those doubts and you start to get into a little double-mindedness. Maybe God will, maybe he won't. Well, what begins to happen is your roots don't go down very far. And then when trouble comes, maybe you lose your job now. Instead of it getting better, you actually lost your job. A lot of us quit on God. And we say, God, where were you? You know, I was putting my faith in you. And I want you to see this young man right here. Because we might look at this situation and go, this is as bad as it could ever get. I know I would lose my faith if I lost my arms and my legs. But I want you to see that this man went through a trial that would make all of our trials seem small in comparison for the most part. And yet he keeps his faith. Andrew, would you play this video, please? Thank you very much. 
Oh, sweet. Nice to see you. My name is Nick Vujicic, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, I have a wheelchair over there. It's my BMW Series. Uh, going to take it to pimp my ride and get some spinning rims on it. And, uh, you know, those fully pent cars, you know, with hydraulics and stuff. Uh, you know how they bounce around and stuff. I want to get my wheelchair bouncing. Like, if I can cross the road and go, bom, bom, bom. It's really cool driving that thing around. I have no arms and no legs, and I was actually born this way. And there's no medical reason why this had happened. So I have no limbs, but I have my little chicken drumstick. And uh, we call this a chicken drumstick because, first of all, it looks like one. And second of all, sometimes my dog thinks it's one. And uh, I tell you, man, it's so funny. He comes up to start biting on it, and I have to push him in the head a couple times. It's nuts, man. It's so cool, man. I, I, I love to swim as well, and uh, I actually float like a life jacket. I float upright like this, and then I have my little motor down here, and I go, bah, this, right? And it's so funny when people see me for the first time. It's so cool. You're like, kids freak out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I tell you, this little boy came up to me, and he goes, what happened? <laughs> and I went up to him, and I go, cigarettes. And... Uh, there was this one girl who saw me, and she goes, Mommy, look, it's an alien. So I went up to her, and I went, Rawr, you know. She's like, ah, you know. I'm running after her, saying, I'm going to eat you, you know. Freaking her out. So with my little foot, I can also write. This is my pen here. And actually, I can actually write uh, and type with my foot, but I've learned how to draw and all this sort of thing, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I've learned how to type 43 words a minute on a normal computer and uh, sort of like a heel and toe, heel and toe combination. And uh, I'm learning sign language with my foot. I'm learning it. Ready? Peace. Right on. Let's give it up for the guy right there. Come on, isn't he cool? Let's give it a little hand clap. Come on, a little hand clap. There you go. Thank you for the awkward hand clap. Always incomplete without that in the service. I want you guys to hear the lesson here. What's going on? Well, the Word of God doesn't return void. It's going to be a seed in someone's heart. But if they reject it, the devil comes and eats it. The second one, they receive it. They're happy. They're excited. But then a trial and a test comes, and they give up on God. And it's like a little plant trying to grow, and it can't get enough root, and the sun scorches it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone through a trial and a test where you've lost your limbs and your legs? See, this man's gone through that trial and test, yet he's kept his faith in God. Look at the number three one. It says, uh, verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life. Everybody say worry. Come on, everybody say I'm worried. Come on, see the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Do you know that when you and I begin to worry and say, how are you going to do this, God? We're choking the word. We're actually destroying the power of the Word of God. Not that we're stronger than the Word of God, but the Word of God being able to develop something in our lives, our worry begins to choke it out because we say, God, I know better. I know so much more than you do, and I know that this situation can never work out, and it's all going to fall apart. Why? And that's what we do. And God's sitting back going, you don't even understand. You don't even get it. You don't even know how the cantaloupe-sized brain in your head functions. My friends, as we go back in science, or science goes back into 
of biology and microbiology, the smaller and smaller we go, the stronger the microscope, the, the microscope gets, you know what, more and more of mysteries. How does DNA function? How do these amino acids function? And the bigger and bigger and bigger our telescopes get, and the more further and further out we reach out into space, the more we begin to wonder, how does this universe ever end? How does light continue to expand? How is the expansion is the way it is? We cannot even understand the world we live in, the brain we think with, and yet we want to choke the word with our worries. But here's the last one, verse 23. But the seed falling on good ground. Uh, good soil refers to someone who hears the word and what Uh, everybody say understands it thank you this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown so in review what is faith it's pistis trust in god it's being sure of what we do not see it's not walking by sight and here's the reference to not walking by sight second corinthians 5 7 says we live by faith and not by sight And so what chokes out the word of God when we hear it? It's our doubts, it's our fears, our unbelief, not understanding it, not wanting to put our trust in it. But what is it that encourages faith? What is it that grows the faith? What is it that strengthens it? It's our understanding and trust in it. And then I refer to you, and I want to refer to it now, 1 Peter 1, 6. This is all reviewed. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's just getting started. Amen. Come on. 1 Peter chapter chapter 1, verse 6 talks about the trial of faith. And I want to encourage you with this before I get into the message, because right at this point, somebody might say, well, Pastor, it just seems like you're just playing make-believe with us. Why don't we just have faith in the Tooth Fairy and the Cookie Monster and Santa Claus? You know, I've tried faith. I haven't had all the results come in. I've been disappointed. First Peter chapter 6 is for you, because I'm not painting a yellow brick road to heaven type faith. Your faith will be tested. Your life will have trials. Look at verse 6 of 1 Peter. If you're there, can you say, I'm there? Thank you. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Let me get an understanding of who I'm preaching here to today. Has anybody here ever suffered grief in all kinds of trials? Anybody ever been sad? Anybody ever go through trials? How about family trials? Has that broke your heart? How about school trials? How about money trials? How about health and sickness trials? How about emotional pain and relationship trials? The Bible says that's normal. So when you and I go through trials, we shouldn't say, well, I quit. This faith thing doesn't work. I'm trusting God, and, man, it just fell apart. I thought, poof, he was my genie in the bottle. It was all going to magically happen, and now what do I do? No, the Bible says when you're going through your trials, you know what you need to do? You need to rejoice. Oh, yes, you need to get happy. Look at your neighbor and go, happy? Yeah, you need, <laughs> you need to get happy. You need to rejoice. You might say, Pastor, what are we, sadistic? Are we playing mind games? Look at what he says to rejoice about. Verse 7, these have come so that's your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know why I'm getting happy? This is where I started to preach last time. I just can't help but want to preach right now. You know why I get happy when I go through my trials? Because my tests become my testimony. God is proving in me faith that is worth more than gold. We all understand that. 
the value of gold here. You know what God values? Your faith. When you're going through that tough situation, when the promises of God are being challenged, when you're being, uh, being, uh, you know, having doubt come against you, and you keep your faith in God, God says, "Angels, look, I'm proud of that person right there. I treasure their faith. God treasures faith in your life more than you and I can ever imagine. How we treasure gold or silver. Faith is valuable to God." Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. God will keep his word. Even though the person suffering emotional hardship, God's going to heal that broken heart. And through your trials and tests, he's getting glory. The person right now facing a relationship issue, God is going to work it out. And he's going to get the reward and the praise is going to go all to him. When we get to heaven, friends, we're going to be thankful that God allowed us to have tests because they became the testimony. You may say, Pastor, I don't want to play the faith race or be in the faith race because that's what the Bible calls it. The Bible calls it the faith race. Look to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and then I'll get to my sermon today. Amen? Come on, get to Hebrews chapter 12, and this will conclude the introduction. This is how some of us want to quit the race, but look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You know who's watching you right now? Noah's watching you. And he's going, hey, man, I want to see how your faith is. You know, I was in a world where a million people were cursed and drowned under the sea. And it was just me and eight people had to build an ark for 100 years, and we made it. What you going through? You know, what you, what you facing right now? Like, I want to see, like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who faced being burned alive. They're like, you know, we were, we were in Babylon. A million people were not bowing to, the, uh, bowing to the idol. We didn't bow. They threatened us to throw us in a furnace. What's going on with you in high school? I just want to know, how's your faith? When we compare our life to the faith of others, it's like, what are we even facing? I mean, really? Well, you want to go to Pakistan? You want to be with Pastor Edward? You want them to seize your bank accounts right now? You want them to threaten you and your family? He has a beautiful new baby. My friends, our faith race is not even comparable to most others' faith race. Faith race. And yet some of us just want to quit. <laughs> you just don't know, Pastor, it's just so hard. When I go to the computer, I just want to go bighooters.com, and just, I just don't have faith. So hard, I just want to quit. <laughs> oh, Pastor, you know the tithe. I just can't give the tithe, Pastor. I just can't do it. We want to make our trials and tests like they're so huge, huge trials and tests. And God is so itty bitty. This is the God for most Americans right now. Itty bitty. He's, he's not big enough to heal a cold. He's not big enough to keep teenagers safe in high schools. He's not big enough to give moms hope and help. He's just so itsy bitsy. Oh, but the trials are so big. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles. You know, sin will get in the way of your faith. Check your life and your heart, and you'll see what's getting in the way of your faith. And let us run with perseverance. Perseverance, the race marked out for us. You want to give up the faith race? Abraham didn't give up. Noah didn't give up. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den, didn't give up. My friends, run your race. That man that you saw, the little drumstick, he's running his race. Young people, run your race. Don't quit. 
Don't quit just because things don't go your way. Well, I lost a relative. My sister died drinking and driving, split a car open, going 70 miles an hour, was the worst death that the coroner saw. That was the first sermon that I ever preached at a funeral. And you know what the sermon was? Let's all live for Jesus. Live for Jesus, friends. You think you're going to play a game with God and on judgment day you're going to say, I would have, could have, should have. My friend, you're going to hit your knees, be silent, and scream out, Jesus is Lord. That's what judgment day looks like. There's no second chances for you up there. Run your race now. Get serious with God now. Stop making excuses to sin, to get lazy, and to turn your back on faith. Amen? And I double-dog dare some of you to stop just caring about your own faith and get concerned about others building up the other faith and beginning to change the world. Amen? Some of you just happy you showed up to church this morning. I would like to see you to show up with your whole block because you got some faith to change the world. Amen? He said we could move mountains and cast them into the sea. I know you're still praying for a good parking spot at Boricua's, uh, Borinquez, but I'm trying to help you here today. Somebody better start praying for gangbangers. Somebody better start praying for some girl's anorexia. Somebody better have some faith to change the generation. Psalms 2, ask of me and the nations will be yours. Oh, praise God. Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm running a race and I ain't looking at you. You're going to stumble and let me down every time. Yes, you will. People will always let you down. Well, pastor wasn't nice to me today. So you're going to quit on God? Well, you didn't like McDonald's, so now you're going to stop eating? Just find a new restaurant. You, you don't like the church, there's 10 more down the road. Go ahead, but don't put it on the church. Run your race looking at Jesus. My first pastor divorced his wife, had an affair. Another one had an affair with the secretary. My friends, it ain't that bad here, but I'll tell you, I don't care if you and your mom, your dad, the Pope, all of them want to go to hell. I ain't going with you on the highway to hell, my friends. I'm going to heaven with or without you. Amen? If I got to go to heaven by myself, I will see you up there. <laughs> I get excited. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Here's the exciting part. The author and perfecter of our faith. You know when people quit on God and they get discouraged, you know who it's an indictment against? It's not an indictment against me when you quit and backslide. It's not an indictment just against your, you know, your church. It's an indictment against God. Well, I couldn't live holy and pure. Now I got to live this way because God wasn't strong enough to keep me. I couldn't live free from doubt and depression, so I had to go back to alcohol, smoking, drinking, whatever, to calm my nerves because Jesus wasn't able to complete me. I had to go back to the streets, go back to my friends, go back to this lifestyle. As a pig goes back to the, uh, to the mud and as a dog goes back to its vomit, I had to go back to my sin because Jesus wasn't strong enough. That's what it looks like in heaven's eyes because God said, Jesus, he starts the faith, and guess what he does in us? Perfects the faith. How many want faith to be perfected in you? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hear his word. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scoring the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. Anybody here been crucified because of sin? Has anybody gone through the cross like, like Christ went through? So Christ suffered more as an innocent man for sin than any of us. But now when we struggle with sin, we deserve that punishment of the cross, but he took it for us. So the Bible says, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood, and you have forgotten the words of encouragement. Somebody say, God's going to encourage me now. How many want to be encouraged this morning? You came to church to be encouraged. Here's the encouragement. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. 
Be encouraged. He's going to discipline you. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Be encouraged. He's going to rebuke you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a sin. It may not be the encouragement you want today, seven steps to success and how to become rich in Jesus now. But here's the encouragement of the Lord. When you go through your trials and you go through your tests and you begin to have a bad attitude or I begin to have a bad attitude, you know what God's going to do? He's going to discipline us. He's going to slap us on the wrist and go, no, no. He's going to check our attitudes. He's going to rebuke us and say, don't you get an attitude with me. Don't you start shaking your fist to me at that funeral. Don't you start turning your back on my commands. God will rebuke and discipline us. Why? Verse 7, endure hardships as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Summarizing last week's message here for you today as I get to preach what I came here to share with you is that faith is trusting God. Trusting in what you do not see and things that you have no idea about. No one's been to heaven. No one's seen the devil. But we're trusting in God that these things are true. And the trust that we have in God, it comes from the word of God. Our faith going up and down, fluctuating from positive to negative, comes from our relationship to the word of God. If I'm hearing the word of God as you're hearing it today, faith can come. If I don't hear the word of God, faith can't come. For those that are hearing the word of God, the parable of the four seeds applies to your heart. Are you just going to reject it today and try to put it to death so it bears no fruit? Are you going to take it once with joy and say, I want to live for Jesus, I want to be holy, but then the moment you get out of here and a trial and a test comes your way, you're just going to throw up your hands and say, I quit? Or are you going to let the worries and the deceitfulness of riches say, I'm going to choke out this word. I can do it better with money on my own, so I'm going to tell God how to do it. Or are you going to do as the last one, let God's word be planted deep in your heart and run your race. The faith race is a race between you and God taking the word that he has given you and you asking him for help to perfect it, to strengthen you, and to accept his discipline when he says, that's not the way you're going to run this race. Sometimes I've talked to people at funerals. Uh, my, uh, my nephew, who lost his uh, mother, my sister, he said, why did God do this? I said, let me just help you right here. God didn't do this. This is because of sin. And the only way you're going to feel peace is for you to say, God, help me through this. The example that I give is of a motorcycle guy, and I showed you the video here. He's jumping 100 feet uh, through the air. He crashes, and he starts screaming out. And you know what he's screaming out? He's screaming out, somebody help me. Now, a smart aleck person could have came by them and said, before we give you that morphine and all that pain medicine, let me just talk to you about what happened here. Uh, you were driving the motorcycle about 70 miles an hour. You went about 100 feet in the air. That velocity made you come down about three tons worth of weight on your bones. Now that your bones hit the ground, which because of gravity and the ground is a, lot, uh, a stronger mass than your body, your bones have broken into about a, you know, 100 different pieces. Your femur is sticking out. How many know at that point that guy doesn't care? What is he saying? Fix me. Fix me now. Take the pain. And this is what God is saying. Do you, and in a hospital, then they'll explain it all to you. You know what God is saying? He'll explain it to you when you get to heaven. Right now, what you need is the power of the Holy Ghost to heal you now. When you get to heaven, you can sit down in the luxury of your hospital bed, you know, keep pushing the button for morphine, and you can be up in heaven feeling all good and be like, now, God, explain to me why my dad wasn't there. Explain to me why my sister was sexually abused. Explain to me why I lived in a culture of war. And God will just you know, he'll just draw it out like an x-ray and just go, here you go. But now here on earth, do you trust him? Are you calling on his name? 
Because the faith race is saying, God, even though I don't see, I'm still trusting you. And when I begin to live by sight and what I see, that's when I begin to lose my faith. But if I can see that this faith is on the inside of me, it's not God just playing meanie or playing a trick with me. God actually gets pleasure out of the faith I have through my trials. My trials actually result in a praise towards God. How many want to please God in life? Amen. Turn with me now to the scripture I wanted to share with you today. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Today I want to show you how to live the life of faith despite the trials and tests you may be facing today. And then I want to encourage you with some words and some, uh, some promises today. How many believe God keeps his word? If I said to you I'm going to be at your house at 2, would I come at 2? pastor keeps his word. If your dad says I'm going to get you a Tonka truck or whatever for your birthday or a Wii game, does he keep his word? Good fathers do. God said to us, if bad fathers, even bad fathers, can keep their words at times, how much more will God the Father keep his word to us? Let's look at this passage here, Mark 4, verse 35. Jesus and his disciples helping us to realize faith in our trials and tests. Verse 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Let's say what he said, one, two, three, let's go. One more time, one, two, three, let's go. Amen. Jesus spoke his word, let's go over to the other side. Does Jesus keep his word? Does he keep promises? Let's go over to the other side. Okay, Jesus. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. How many know if you're on a boat and waves are coming over the boat, you're in trouble? Not a good thing. No bueno. You don't want to be in that situation. Did Jesus still give his word, though? What did Jesus say? What did he say, y'all? Well, before that, what was his promise? You're going to go to the other side. Does a storm change God's word? Come on, I'm going to slow down my preaching right now because I want somebody to get this today. Does a storm change God's word? Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Storm came. Storm, storms came to the disciples. Wow. Storms come in your life. Storms can come in my life. Does that change the word of God? But what's what we see happening here? Verse 38. Jesus was in the stern. What was he doing? Sleeping. Jesus, where's Jesus? He's sleeping. Jesus, the boat is sinking. It's getting swamped. Jesus dreaming about heaven, streets of glory, the marriage supper of the Lamb. He is up there just dreaming, hanging out, just with the Father, just loving life, just doesn't know any different. Disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care we drown? Has anybody ever been in a storm in life and accused God of his, uh, of his character? God, don't you care I'm losing my job? God, don't you care that my father was a jerk? God, don't you care that my children are running the streets? God, don't you care that I'm losing everything that I have? How many times when we face a testing of our faith, we call into question God's character. Oh, God, if you cared, you would do something. God, if you loved me, you wouldn't let my, son, my child get sick. I've done ceremonies for infant children that have died in their parents' arms. I have 
been at funerals where innocent people were killed because of gang violence. Uh, I, I have been in jail with people that did things, regrettable things, but out of a reaction of who they were around. And now they're serving life sentences. When bad things happen in our life, funerals, disappointments, we want to assume at that time, God doesn't care. Because if God cared, I wouldn't be in this storm right now. I want you to write on your notes three things you've gone through in life that have been like water coming over your boat and have rocked you. Three things. For me, it would be the loss of my sister. Closing my first church. As a 27-year-old, I had to close my first church. Failure. Come on. Why, God? Now, I want to ask you about those three things. Did God know those three things were going to happen? Do you think God was in heaven when that thing happened, when my sister died, when I had to close my church? Do you think God was in heaven? And he goes, Oh, my gosh, angel, do you see what just happened down here? we got to do something. Joe's sister just died. I don't know what to do. What do you guys want to do? Just go drop some angel dust down there. It's, I mean, it's funny, but let's just be real. Three things in your life rocked you. Come on, if you can't write it down, think about them right now. In those times, what do we think about God and his character? At that moment, we think God doesn't care. We think that God actually is abandoning us. You know the story of the footprints. The man goes to the beach. He sees two sets of footprints. God is saying, this is your life. And then he sees the hardest times of his life, only one set of footprints. He looks at God, immediately calls God's character into question, and says, God, why in the hardest time did you leave me? There's only one set of footprints. And what does God say back to him? I didn't leave you. That was the time I carried you. You see, you think when you were a child going through that situation that it didn't break God's heart. It broke God's heart to the point he came to die on the cross to bring you out of that situation. The only reason why there's hope in the middle of your suffering is because Christ on the cross, and he relates to your suffering more than you can ever imagine. You see, we take the cross being so cheap these days because we've heard it so many times, it's become numb to our heart that we just think God has to do something else besides the cross. The answer to the problems and the pain of life is the cross. It's God stepping down into creation and upon his soul, him taking all of your sorrows. He knows what child molesting tastes like, what it feels like, because he took it on the cross. He took all of your sins, every mistake, that you made every consequence of those mistakes and the judgments he took on the cross and also he took sickness every disability every aching pain every disease he not only knows about it he knew it intimately on the cross God himself in his infinite power and ability took on the world's sins sorrows and sicknesses God's the one that can say I understand he is the only one that can look at you in your pain and said I have been there if that's not true then throw your bible away because none of it's true the cross of jesus christ is the only comfort for us in the middle of our storms to recognize god keeps his word i'm going to say that again god keeps his word they start shaking them 
Jesus gets up and does what he always can do. He says, quiet, be still. The wind died down and it's completely calm. God, in this illustration, is that we are in the middle of our life, the shadow lands, the storms of life. God is going to calm this thing with one word, my friends. The Bible says that when he steps on Mount Olives, peace will come to this world like you and I have never known. The lion will lay with the lamb. Judgment day will bring the total peace and calm to this world. But will you and I keep the faith in the midst of the storm? Now look what he says to his disciples. You think at this point, I mean, what can you really blame the disciples? They, you know, they're just following Jesus. They're going on a boat ride. The boat is going to drown, uh, you know, get sunk because of the water. They're shaking him. You think at this point Jesus would be like, hey, guys, let me just talk about this. Let me give you a little lesson on faith. No, he says to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The idea that God is going to let you and I off the hook because things got so bad down here, is our pride. God is holding us responsible to whether or not we take him at his word. If you think you're going to get up to heaven and God's going to go, well, I understand why you quit on me. Your mom had cancer. I mean, I couldn't blame you. I couldn't blame you. know, sure, sure, life. Well, you know, sure, I gave you the Bible, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't as powerful as that cancer. And I get why you lost faith. I get it. Excuse me, gentlemen. I get why you quit on going to church. You know, I mean, it was, it was a bad pastor. And the pastor, he, he, he told people to be quiet while he was talking. And so I don't want to go back to that church. So I understand why you just said to hell with church. My friends, when we get to heaven, there will be no excuse for our lack of faith. The Bible says what is not of faith is of sin. He calls himself the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that gives it. He's the one that perfects it. He gave us his word where word is where the faith comes from. And he said, I am with you always until the very end of the age. There is no excuse today for a life without faith. He gives us the faith. He maintains the faith. He perfects the faith. He walks with us through our shadows and our valleys when we're tried in our faith. And he says, at the end, I reward you for your faith to give us encouragement. What's the point, my friend? Don't lose your faith. Keep your faith today in God. Finish your race. Come on, somebody say amen. I want to give you some things to think about today in closing. Thank you for your time and attention. Would you put up the slide for me quickly, my brother? And those of you who can take some notes, please take these notes. They will encourage you throughout the week. If you need them again, we'll post them on the message. But just pause right there. You ever feel like your life's like this? Come on, somebody. Do you ever feel like it's all on you? It was just so funny. I was at somebody's house yesterday, biggest house I've ever been in. Has a tennis court in the backyard. And you would just think, walking into this house, I mean, they got it made. But then a few little moments in here, they're saying, we're being challenged in the economy in this way and this way. You know what I began to realize? Nobody gets out of trials in this world. You might say, well, 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 Steve Jobs, maybe a year ago, you would have said, well, Steve Jobs, he's the biggest. He actually outsold oil companies this past year, the Apple products, and I helped him do it in some ways. You know? and, and you might say, I'll be Steve Jobs. He battled cancer. My friends, everybody's got something on their shoulders that has got them weighed down. The strongest of us bend and break under the pressures of this world. If you're getting the impression from this preacher today that I'm better than you, you have misunderstood the entire message. My friends, I have had situations come and break me to the floor where I feel like it's everything on top of me. I'm a pastor, charge of a lot of people, wife and two kids, teaching Bible college, traveling overseas with 200 churches. When I hear about our pastors suffering, I feel like the weight of their suffering sitting right on my shoulders. 
When I hear about somebody in this church suffering, or when my, my family suffers, or I have suffered defeat and discouragement, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like the whole world is on your shoulder, that our God is small, that he's far away, and that he's sleeping. And you can just begin to go through the list, and you can say sickness, broken heart, financial trouble, marriage problems, worry, depression and anxiety, addictions and bad habits, sin and temptation, lack of purpose and motivation. And if I'm missing one, tell me, and I'll put it up there for the next time I preach it. And we get rocked by life, and the trials of life come at us hard. They come at us quick. We're not expecting it, and most of the times we're not even prepared for it because the one trial that we just got through that we say, now, you know what, if that one ever comes, I'm ready for that one. That one never usually comes. It's always the one that we weren't ready for, right? That's why it's a trial. And when we go through these times, we begin to think this is biblical faith. When I say, have faith in God that your family will change. Or when I go to the juvenile jails and I talk to the young men, have faith in God that you can come out of here with a purpose. Most of the time people misunderstand what I'm saying. They think my faith that I'm talking about is just like wishing. They think when I come and say, have faith, when I go to Teen Challenge, when I go to a funeral, or when I go out with my friends and witness and they go through a hard time and I say, have faith, what they really think I'm saying is, wishing Santa Claus for things to get better, okay, guy? They think I'm just saying, wish. Faith is not wishing. I'm not talking about wishing the lottery, throwing quarters into a well. It's not wishing. It's putting your trust in God's word. If it's not in this word, don't trust it. But if it is in this word, trust it with your life. If it is with this word, on the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Base your life upon this rock. Because storms will come. If you remember the parable, one built his house on sand, one built his house on the word of God. The one on sand, it fell apart. The one on the rock withstood. But you know what they both had? They both had storms. Wishing will leave you high and dry. Well, I wish I wouldn't have had my family, and God must have let me down. No, God knew your family would be jacked up if it was. God knew the problems, but he's given you answers right in here to get through that. Come on, somebody. How about this? A lot of times we think faith is this. I'm going to do all the work, 95% me. I'm going to study hard. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do everything I can. And just when I'm about ready to reach up to the top of the pinnacle peak of life and success, God is just going to come and say, let me just boop, give you just a little booster up. Like God in his, your life, he's just a little boost. My friends, let me tell you the illustration that I want you to look at. You are a dead person spiritually laying on this floor as a corpse. And God's faith resurrects you to breathe and live again. Faith is not just a little boost in your life because that's called ambition and self-reliance. You can have a lot of ambition. You can go to school. You know, I'm a self-made man. You are self-made men. You're also a self-made mess too. My friends, come on. You can get an education. You can get a house. You can make some babies. You can, you can have a home, a family. But you aren't living by God's standard yet because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you think a happy life is just having an education, some money in the bank, and some food on the table, my friends, you haven't been there very long. Give you some time for some storms to hit that little house of yours, and you'll realize education, family, friends, and your little cute house will not save you from those trials. I have right now a cousin that cannot leave the house because of such deep depression and anxiety, and they live out in Hiawatha Park. Does nothing for him right now. He needs Jesus. Jesus, my friends. So sometimes we think, Pastor, he's just really saying we got a wish. And when we come to church, we're kind of playing make-believe. 
Or other people think, you know, faith, it's not really that relevant. Faith is really only for those that can't get the 100%, but for those that get 95% of the way, God will boost them up. That's not biblical faith. Here's biblical faith. Biblical faith is God's word plus obedience. Come on, everybody say that with me. God's word plus obedience. Amen. I want you to see the two scriptures that back this up. Uh, and, I, and I think I could have made that a little smaller to test your eyesight today. So I just want to see how everybody's eyesight is doing. I'm teasing. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. So faith is God's word, right? Amen. And then number two, James 2, 26, obedience to God's word. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is what? So if I say I have faith but no deeds, is my faith alive or dead? If I say I believe God but I'm still living in adultery, not doing anything to change, it, do I have any faith? No. See, faith has an action to it. When I was smoking and God's word said to me, have no addiction. Let nothing master you. That's what the scripture was to me. You know, all things are for uh, my, I, I can do all things, but not all things are beneficial. Let nothing have mastery over you. And I said, these things have mastery over me. I mean, I got to smoke them and all of this. You know what God said to me? Don't pick it up and I'll do the rest. Don't pick it up and I'll do the rest. Sounds really simple, but I haven't smoked for 16 years, praise God. Hello. You can doubt it if you want, but I'm a living testimony. What did I do? Started jonesing, started having nicotine fits. And I said, God, oh, whoa, okay, God, oh, we have a deal here. Uh, you, you said if I don't touch it, you're, you're going to take it away. Okay, God, it's been, it's been about 10 minutes now. I'm waiting for you to take it away. And then hours later, shaking, sweating, going through it. But God gave me strength. How about this one? Don't have sex before marriage, Joe. Okay, that's cool because you're going to bring me my wife next week, right? Right, God? I mean, I'm 18. I know a whole lot in the world. So if the sex without marriage is cool, because she's coming next week. God said, I want you to wait a year. I was like, oh, okay, year, year, cold showers. After the year, I said, God, we're ready, right? We're ready. No, God said, I want you to wait another year. And then, and then I was ready. And I actually had this young lady I thought we were going to date. Long story never came through. You know, two years later, I said, God, are we ready? He said, no, I just wanted you to learn how to wait because you're going to wait a long time now. Yikes. I, I, you know, because he said one year, and I got over it two years. And now, you know how long it took? Eight years. But during that time, God developed things in me. My faith was strong. And the day I got married, it was the happiest day, and it was the most disappointing at the same time. And I'll tell you why. Because the day I got married, because I hadn't looked at pornography in all that time, eight years either, and, and I had kept myself pure. And, and, and we had, you know, just wonderful time in the hotel and everything. And I was laying there about ready to go to bed. And I, and I said to myself, hey, this is awesome. God, you've given me my most beautiful wife. This is beautiful. But I said, I kind of felt like I was going to be rewarded more for eight years. Yeah. I had a talk with God. I was like, and you know what God said to me? That comes in heaven. Because the dedication I made to him isn't an earthly reward. Just waiting for marriage doesn't mean just the sex is oh no or the no god was saying that eight years of purity that eight, that eight years of consecration where you would pray and sing at my feet and make songs and you'd spend all that free time with me he says that's all stored up here you don't get to see that till you get up here hello somebody it's god's word plus obedience you got to have both amen and here are some things i want you to look at today write them down for the struggles that you have in your life i wish i could preach my third message right now 
because this is what we deal with. And God has a word for every single one of them. And God has an obedience that we need to have. Can I give you just a couple for an example? Okay, I guess it's time to close. I'll give you just one. Amen. There was like no, it's like, no, I don't want any example. Amen. Like Lauren, she gets it right there. Praise God. Thank you for the pastor who gives us more than enough. Amen. Aren't you glad you're not at the church today that just told you a couple, uh, you know, little stories and sent you home with one Bible verse? If you want to be at one of those churches, we'll give you some brochures, okay? Look at uh, James chapter 5 and see the scripture that speaks about healing. Here is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Anybody sick today? I'll read it out. Just leave this up here for me, please, brother, and I'll read it out. It actually says the question, verse 14. Is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Does anybody believe that today? If anybody's sick today, we'll pray for you. We'll lay our hands on you. We'll place oil on your head. We still believe God is a healer. Now somebody might say, well, pastor, what if I don't get healed when I come up there? What if that time I go up there to get healed and the, you know, the prayer doesn't work or you know, my faith is not right or somebody else's faith or it just doesn't happen? What do we do? Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24 tells us what we do. You know what it says? Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You know how you bring healing every day as you're waiting for the miraculous healing? You speak words of life. You see that man, he doesn't have any arms and legs. Chances are he won't receive his total healing until he gets to, gets to heaven. So what's he going to do every day standing on his healing? Yeah, God's going to heal me. I'm going to run one day. I'm going to be in heaven one day. I'm going to see all those things come to pass. But right now, I'm going to speak pleasant words. He made us all laugh. How would you like it if your arms and legs got cut off right now? Would you be making us laugh? You'd be wanting to probably, like all of us, be in depression. But he's teaching us until we get healed, until the miracle comes, we keep speaking words of life. They're sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. And since I've already gone there, I've got to go there again. Look at broken heart, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. Look at, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 and 7. Look at how the Bible talks about what to deal with the broken heart. Remember we talked about our faith going through trials and tests? Has anybody here ever suffered a broken heart? Amen. You may be going through a broken heart right now. You may feel like someone took your life like an like a expensive, precious vase and slammed it on the ground, and it's broken into a million pieces. You may feel like that right now. The most precious parts of you have been splattered over the floor. Can I give you hope today in Christ? He says he heals the brokenhearted. He heals the This is not wishing, and this is not you trying to do all the work by yourself, and Jesus just propping you up at the end. He's saying, I finished the work. It's not only not you don't have to have anything to do with it. It's already finished. Just be obedient. You know what it says in First Peter 5, 7? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You believe that today? I'm doubting that, Pastor. It's really hard to believe that. Read it again. Speak it out. Ask God to give you the proof of that word to give you peace by the Holy Spirit. But here's the biggest encouragement to the brokenhearted. Also in Isaiah 61, it says a beautiful thing, exchanging your, your robes of sadness for robes of joy. But here he says, he cares for you. 
You know, when I've talked to people, I've, I've had people meet me at this altar and be so overcome by tears. They fall to their knees and we talk to them. And I say, what is God doing in your life? And they say, he's just telling me, he's just telling me he loves me. He's just telling me he cares for me right now. It's so overwhelming. I, the situation hasn't changed yet, but it's changing right in here. I know he cares for me. Well, what do we do during that time? Hey, look at Psalms 42. Because during that time of that healing of a broken heart, that healing process, what do I want to do? Psalms 42, verses 1 and onward, here it goes. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. Where can I go to meet with him? My tears have been my food day and night. When men say to me, where is your God? These things I pour out over my soul. And then I remember the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the people. Why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Would you all stand to your feet, please? Ben, would you come? We're going to close out in prayer today. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And as you're standing, I want to read something that hopefully will encourage you today. The last chapter of Hebrews, and brother, you can just leave it up there. I'll read it out today. The last chapter of Hebrews, the, the hall of faith where men and women of faith are highlighted, ends with one of the most beautiful passages you will ever hear. And I want to encourage you today. At the end of the Hall of Faith, the writer says this, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Do you think you're the only one that's gone through trials? You think you're the only one that's questioned, the only one that's hurt, the only one that's felt that life punched you in the guts? The writer of Hebrews, he's like a good preacher. At the end, he says, what more do I have to say? I don't have time to talk about Samson. I don't have time to talk about David. But they're all there, and you can find them in the Bible. He says, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. Do you ever feel like Daniel in Babylon, you're the only one serving God? God was with him, strengthened him his faith. Do you ever feel that sometimes like Deborah, everybody's afraid to go to war, but God strengthens your hands? These men were men of faith and courage. Let's keep going. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released. Don't release me. I will never deny Jesus so that they may gain a better resurrection. Verse 36, some faced mocking and flogging while others were chained and put into prison. You think your trial and test is bad? The first 300 years of Christianity, they were massacring us. Paul was beheaded. John was boiled with oil. Peter was crucified upside down. Thomas was stabbed to death in India. Timothy was beaten and drugged naked through the city. It said they were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about destitute in sheepskins and goatskins, persecuted and mistreated. And the world was not worthy of them. These were all commended for their faith. 
Can I encourage you today in whatever trial and situation you're going through? God and His Word are with you. Don't give up. When we talk about the men and women of faith, were they perfect? No. They've all made mistakes. But why doesn't Hebrews talk about their mistakes? Why doesn't Hebrews say, well, Abraham doubted and had sex with Hagar and created the whole Islamic conflict by starting another nation through Ishmael? You know why it doesn't bring up Abraham's mistakes or David's adultery? And the reason why it doesn't talk about Samson's falling in love with an ungodly woman? You know why? Because they kept faith through the trials they went through. And the Bible says all things work together for those who are called to his purpose. Every nasty, terrible thing you've been through, God can still use for his good. And one day, you're going to get up there and be rewarded for the faith you kept in him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Your word has brought faith. My heart is so encouraged today, God, by these words that we have read. Altar workers, would you come, please? As the altar workers are coming, would you search your heart today? Come on, how is faith in your heart? Is it alive or is it dead? If today you're facing a struggle, we want to even pray with you so that your faith may be encouraged. Don't let your life remain the same as you walk out here. Leave different today. Leave encouraged. Know that others are with you. We're going to begin to sing a worship song. I'm going to keep praying. We'll dismiss in just a moment. So don't go yet until I dismiss. But if you need prayer, as we begin to sing and I pray, would you just come right now? Come on, let's just begin to move from our seats if we need the prayer of faith today. God, you see them as they're coming. God, we need right now a, an, ex, a, God, an excitement for your power to come again. We believe it. This is not just going to be a normal service. Come on, go ahead and lead us in singing. Jesus, show up today, God, and show off. You are so able, God. There is so much power in your name. We expect something great right now. If you're not up here, will you stretch your hands towards those needing a miracle and sing it out? There is power. Come on. There is power for those up here right now. Break every chain. Amen. Will you turn the band up a little bit? Come on, let's keep singing. Stretch your hands towards these. And if you need to be up here, would you come quickly? God is going to meet you here today. There is so much power, God, to change lives. Thank you for those who have come. And if you need to wait, just stand behind an altar worker. I promise they'll get to you. We're not in a hurry today. You will receive prayer, and God will change your life. Come on, one more time. There is power. Jesus. Jesus. Today, right now, I break every chain that the devil has placed on these people. Sickness, go in Jesus' name. Discouragement, addictions, go. Broken heart, depression, go. Worry, fear, go in Jesus' name. We release the blessings of heaven. We open the heavens in this place. Jesus. 
We're putting our faith in Jesus today. Not a man, but the God-man Jesus Christ. Jesus. Brother, will you put the words up here? Because I want them to sing it before we leave. Come on, we're going to sing that verse again. All sufficient. Jesus. Come on, sing it out. So freely given. At such a price. Thank you. God, you're faithful. Come on, we're going to sing it again because I want the words up there. I know some just got to speak words of faith today. Come on, sing it again. The cross was all you needed, friends. It's already been paid for. The cross is for free today. Our redemption. Thank you, God. Heaven's gates swing wide. Blessings of heaven. Now let's sing. There is power. the power of God come in Jesus name thank you God right now power power freedom 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 Jesus sets you free Jesus sets you free Jesus sets you free Jesus Jesus freedom freedom would you just raise your hands to heaven I'll pray with you right now God knows the need Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray faith into you through the Word of God that He will meet every need, that He is with you. He will not break His Word. God is on the inside right now. And greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. You will finish this race. You will finish it. Now let God know your struggle. Just say, God set me free from blank. Fill in the blank discouragement sickness whatever it is right now right now be free be free be free keep praying I'm gonna get some more to come for you keep praying Jesus Jesus come on one more time than the verse again God is here in Jesus name it's an all-sufficient sacrifice so freely Jesus, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, thank you, Jesus. Miracles in this house, miracles in this house. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal for those that have to go, but I want this couple, these two right here to come forward that I prayed for. We're going to keep praying for you, and if you want to stay, stay as long as you need. Father, thank you for today. I pray you bless us, encourage us, help us to keep the faith and change the world through us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you have to go, we dismiss you. We'll see you at life groups. But if you just want to get lambasted in the Holy Ghost, just come up to these altars or find a place to pray. And let's go after God for a few more moments. Swing wide, Jesus.
For those of you who are just staying for the soaking and for more, I just want to encourage you that God hears your prayers, even though sometimes we don't see that miracle. We know God hears us, and you have to determine with me today, because I'm waiting for some miracles in my life, that we won't let go of faith until they come, that we hold on to the promises of heaven, and we believe that our God is faithful. I pray for lost family members. 
for sicknesses and diseases, for the trials of financial blessing, for relationships, things that seem to never change, for there to be a breaking today, for there to be a miracle today, and in our hearts to be an overwhelming sense of God's care and power in us, that we will hold on to it fully comes to pass. Just go ahead and lead us again, uh, Sister Lauren. And just make a declaration, it's for you today, that God's promise is for you. I 